Welcome to Global Dispatches, a podcast about foreign policy and world affairs. I'm your host, Mark Leon Goldberg, editor of UN Dispatch. And in this show, we discuss topical global issues. And I have conversations with foreign policy thought leaders who discuss their life, career, and the big events that shape their worldview. So you may have heard that the Liberal Party in Canada, led by Justin Trudeau, son of Pierre, shocked the world with a big, big win in hotly contested national elections. The Liberal ascent ends a near decade in power for the conservative Stephen Harper and has the potential to fundamentally rebalance Canada's relationship with the world. So says my guest today, Janice Stein, who is the founding director of the Monk School of International Affairs at the University of Toronto. We spoke the morning after the elections and have a great and truly interesting conversation about the discrete changes we can expect in Canadian foreign policy and how those changes may affect international relations and global affairs more broadly. We discuss what's called middle power diplomacy in academic circles. We discuss Canada's role in climate politics and why Washington, D.C. may be none too pleased with some of the changes to come. If you are new to the podcast, welcome. I post one of these shorter topical interviews every week, along with longer conversations with foreign policy thought leaders who discuss their lives and career. And if you're a Canadian afile like me, and I am a first-generation American of Canadian descent, you may want to check out my conversation with Luis Arbour, a former Canadian Supreme Court justice turned UN war crimes prosecutor. Go to globaldispatchespodcast.com to check out that episode and many others. And now here is my conversation with Janice Stein. Looking for a trustworthy podcast to bring you unfiltered viewpoints and experiences on global health? Tune into Global Health Matters, the podcast that connects silos and amplifies diverse voices to give you a holistic picture. Each month, Dr. Gary Aslanian from the World Health Organization hosts discussions with guests spanning former ministers of health, award-winning journalists and authors, and frontline public health workers. Join listeners from across 180 countries for an exciting Season 4, launching in June. Global Health Matters is available on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and YouTube. What shifts in Canadian foreign policy has Trudeau on the campaign trail been promising to voters? What can we expect? Well, there's certainly three big areas to watch. The first is environmental policy. And I think we're going to see dramatic changes. Uh, He has promised to bring Canada's premiers to the table to get ready for the Paris Conference on Global Climate Change and to put some really meaningful standards in place for Canada. And I think there's no question, really, that we are going to see a dramatic difference on environmental policy between a Trudeau government and a Harper mm-hmm. government. That's first. And that's well, can I can I just stop you there and, and, and dive a little deeper on, on that question? So Canada, along with uh, Australia under Tony Abbott, have been really the only two Western countries over the last few years that have been implacably opposed to meaningful action on climate change, particularly in the international climate change negotiation and, and in UN uh, forums. So I wonder now, with both Harper gone 
gone and Abbott gone if, um, you know, Canada's not a major emitter, uh, but these um, discussions at the UN proceed by consensus. So I wonder now if we might be able to see a little more meaningful action on the international stage because these two Western governments are no longer so opposed. I think you're absolutely right. I think Canada will certainly join the global consensus, and it may go farther. Uh, we are not a significant global emitter, uh, but we do have an energy sector, uh, in particular an oil sector, which emits within its range at a considerable level. And interestingly enough, Mark, uh, the energy leaders in Canada in the private sector have been pushing for transparent standards that are certain that they can work toward. Uh, and I think the time is now ripe in this country for Trudeau to lead both the private sector and the provinces uh, to move forward in a fairly significant way, not just no longer an obstacle, to the global consensus, but actually to push ahead on environmental policy. What he will do, by the way, because there's a series of options, what he will do is not clear, um, but because he has said he will consult the premiers, uh, so there are, and there are more than one option, obviously, but I think you will see a significant upping of Canada's performance on, on global climate change. Okay, so what were the other two that you were mentioning? So that's the first. The second uh, is, and this is a very traditional Canadian theme, really, to re-engage uh, as a reliable, valid, consensus-building, multilateral partner. Mm -hmm. um, now, what does that mean in practice? Because to be fair um, to the Harbour government, they engaged multilaterally, but they were very selective. Uh, about the multilateral institutions they engaged with. Mm -hmm. So NATO was a forum of action for the Harper government, but the UN was not. And there's no secret that the outgoing prime minister was deeply skeptical of the UN and its capacity to reform itself. And, and, I think and the UN was deeply skeptical of, of Stephen Harper, right? It, it, just a few years ago, the Canada rather, you know, shockingly, right, lost a Security Council race, oh God, I believe it was to New Zealand. Um, yes. Yeah, and and which sort of you know, shocked, I think, the Canadian intelligentsia, right? Like here's Canada that had traditionally been this reliable partner on the international stage, not even being able to secure the commensurate amount of votes to secure a, a Security Council seat. That That's right. Uh, but again, just to put that in context, that that fits with the Harper government's view that the UN was not a particularly effective forum of international action, that it's unable to reform itself, that it's unable to deliver. Uh, so uh, it did, and it, it was a very divisive vote within the country because many people deeply steeped in the tradition of Canadian foreign policy were upset. Those who came from a different perspective, uh, looked at this and said it's about time to move on. What we are going to see under Trudeau, I suspect, is a recommitment of Canada to the United Nations, to its family of agencies, so not only the UN, but the World Food Program, of which we continue to be, by the way, a, a very large donor, uh, but to the WHO and there will be, I think, a selective policy of real investment to improve the capacity of the UN to deliver. Mm -hmm. 
Has the um, so so the the UN the family of UN agencies like right. the World Health Organization or, or the the World Food Program UNICEF have UN uh, have Canadian financial contributions to those entities gone down relatively during the Harper administration? So it's selective. So uh, Canada's commitment to the World Food Program has gone up. It's proportionally one of the largest donors to the World Food Program. And as the refugee crisis has exploded, um, Canadian contributions have gone up. Uh, Canada made a significant contribution to maternal and child health, as you know, under the Harper government, and did it in collaboration uh, with the UN. It's a significant contributor to global health. There are other agencies within the UN, uh, the UN Human Rights Council, for example, uh, where Canadian contributions have gone down, and not only contributions, but um, the rhetorical support has gone way down. Mm -hmm. That's what I think. You will notice a significant change in tone, and I think you will see an increase in financial contributions to some of the agencies where those financial contributions have really been dismissed. Uh, okay, and so what are the third? What was the third? Now, the third one is probably a more controversial one to our neighbor south of the border. Uh, Justin Trudeau has pledged to scrap the purchase of the F-35 fighter jet, which, as you know, is a U.S.-developed fighter jet, which has had huge cost overruns over the last several years, as well as very long delays. But it is the fighter jet of choice for almost all our allies. Uh, the procurement program under the Harper government has been plagued. Um, there are, it really has been unable to successfully procure almost any major weapon with the exception maybe of shipbuilding, which is moving ahead. But it will be strike, this will be a striking change for the U.S. defense community if uh, your neighbor to the north cannot in the future participate in inter-allied operations with the same fighter jet that America's allies around the world will be using. Uh, and Canada currently operates in such an environment, at least in, in the ISIS coalition yes. in Afghanistan. Do yes. we expect any huge differences between yes. Harper? Okay, and Trudeau, explain yes. that, please. Yeah. Yes, we do. So in the course of the campaign... Um, now Prime Minister-elect Trudeau uh, has said that he will withdraw the Canadian participation from the military coalition that is engaged in aerial combat over ISIS, that he does not think that this is an effective strategy, it has failed to deliver results, and he will replace that effort with a much greater emphasis on humanitarian relief for victims of ISIS and for refugees. So we will see, I think we will see a withdrawal. He has committed himself to do this. Uh, we will also see he has pushed the government to accept 25,000 refugees by the end of this calendar year, whether that is feasible given how late we are in the year now um, is another question, but we will see significant uptick in our commitment to accepting refugees, and I think a withdrawal from the military coalition that is currently engaging ISIS. 
Um, I would imagine that that would not sit very well in Washington. Um, how- there are there are some areas here um, where I think there will be on on the F thirty five aircraft that will not sit well. A withdrawal from ISIS will not sit well. But I think what you're hearing from from Justin Trudeau is this is not an effective use of our resources. We are not making a material difference on these issues. We are going to contribute where we have a comparative advantage. Um, the, the last one I should put on the table for you, Mark, yeah. um, and the reason I didn't include these in the top three is on the, the TPP, the Trans-Pacific Partnership. Um, Prime Minister-elect Trudeau has reserved judgment on that. He is waiting to see the final text of the agreement. My hunch is that he will approve but in the course of an election campaign, that is yes. a hill I think he did not need to cross and he did not want to cross. This is the uh, Hillary Clinton position, I believe. Yes, yes. Um, no, her position is she opposes. Well, right, right. Right, uh, there's um, a big difference. So so uh, who do we expect to become the Canadian foreign minister? There have been some rumblings, um, at least in like the, the journalist crowds that I uh, hang with, that Christia Friedland, you know, one, one of our own, uh, a you right. know, pretty well-known pundit in, in the United States, but a member of the Liberal Party and a member of parliament in Canada might become the foreign minister. Is there is there truth to those speculations? Well, let me just declare the conflict of interest here. She's my MP. Okay. Um, as of this morning, I live in her riding. And, Central Toronto, uh, right? Yes, University uh, Rosedale. And I was delighted to see that she was elected because she brings, you know, to the table, first of all, a really global perspective. She has worked and lived around the world, which I think is very important for this country, and a really sharp intelligence yeah, I need to read her book. I haven't read her book yet. It won like the Lionel Gerber Prize a few years ago for the best narrative nonfiction book. And that's right. Well, again, yeah. let me just tell you that the Lionel Gerber Prize is given at the Monk School, where I am the founding dean. So the the conflict lines just that's uh, right. So if you were uh, Justin Trudeau, you would appoint her as the your uh, foreign I, minister. Well, I think very, very highly of Krista. She was the one, by the way that uh, brought Larry Summers to Canada uh, a year ago and worked very hard on economic policy and the to differentiate the Liberals and to push very hard for two things, for limited deficit spending and for a really significant increase in infrastructure spending. That, more than any other single decision, um, probably gave Justin Trudeau the lead that he needed in this campaign. So she she will be a very important member of his inner circle. But not is it not certain though that she would become no. the foreign minister? Okay. No, nothing certain. That is actually, you know, a choice of the prime minister alone. He has not said anything. There were big big portfolios here, defense minister, finance minister, uh, foreign affairs minister. Those are the three big key portfolios. Um, and he has not tipped his hand in any way. I think we will know very quickly, though, Mark, uh, the transition in Canada is very short. It's 10 days to two weeks. That's all. And he will need, before he can be sworn in as prime minister, he needs to 
appoint as cabinet ministers. I can bet you they're hard at work on that this morning. Um, so I wanted to maybe take a step back in these last few minutes and ask you, what can Canada do now to make a difference globally? I mean, Canada's not, it's its a middle power, right? It's, it's That's um, right. what Gareth Evans calls middle power diplomacy. I had him on the, on the show and he talked about that concept where he, as foreign minister of Australia, was able to pick a few issues and move the needle globally on those issues. Is there something that is ripe for Canada to you know, exert its middle power diplomacy influence and, and push the needle forward on some discrete areas of, of its own foreign policy that might have a global impact and, and be felt around the world? I think that's exactly what this team will be looking for. You know, the last time we had a liberal government in power for a considerable period of time, uh, Lloyd Axworthy was foreign minister, and he put the human security agenda really on the global table. Uh, and R2P, was, responsibility to protect, that, R2P, was a, that was very much a Canadian uh, yes, initiative. Yes, it was. And landmines, the treaty to ban landmines. So I suspect that this government will look uh, for an area where it can make a big difference, whether it's in refugee policy and migration, which kind of brings a lot of expertise to the table, whether it's on a global health issue, where we draw on a really excellent um, Canadian health sector with strong expertise in global health. I think the government will choose two or three areas where it thinks it can really make a difference. If you had to They're pick, not, what, would you, what would they be? If I personally had to pick, yes. I think there are contributions that Canada can make on protection of refugees, treatment of refugees, because where you do best is where you speak with some authority because your domestic policy is consistent with your foreign policy. Canada has a long and good record of resettling refugees. Uh, you know, in the wake of the Syrian crisis, part of what happened during this campaign was the public took a hard look at what the Harper was government was doing on that file and was dissatisfied, mm -hmm. did not feel we were living up to our own best standards. And this was in the wake of the photo of the young Syrian That's boy right. washed up on a shore because his family had applied for some sort of asylum or refugee status well, in Canada. A, well, and it's actually a really interesting story that boy's aunt lived in British Columbia. She had written a letter to the minister um, on behalf of this family, but she never filled out the application. So it's a truly tragic story. Uh, but it also brought the Syrian refugee crisis into the Canadian elections in a pretty dramatic way. I mean, after that, that photo, you had the liberals and the NDP, um, you know, presenting their own uh, refugee policy, right. including increases in, in the number of refugees. Right. I, you know, I should add one quick one more for listeners. I think you're going to see uh, one more change, which is in the anti-terror legislation that this government passed. Um, the Liberal government supported the bill, but was has been open that it intends to change the legislation. There's inadequate oversight by Parliament. It's going to change that. It is going to back off the revocation of passports, which is a second bill that the Harper government um, has put on the table. What does that mean, the relocation of passports? Revocation. Oh, revocation. Revoke okay. pay, you know. Yeah. The Prime Minister Cameron of Britain has done that. I think Trudeau will definitely not go ahead on that one. We're going to see a rebalancing of the human rights agenda 
um, and the anti-terrorism legislation with much deeper respect for the rights side of that equation. Uh, well, Janice Stein, thank you so much for speaking with me. This was it's this was helpful. It's a pleasure. And I think you're going to see, so, you know, we're looking at us from south of the border. Um, you're going to see some interesting times now. I like to think I have a bi, uh, bicultural uh, perspective. My parents are from Montreal. I just oh. happen to have been born here in the United States. Well, that, I'm right in your hometown right now. Okay. Well, have go, go to Snowden Deli. Have, a, have some smoked meat and uh, enjoy yourself. All right, that was great, timely, fun, interesting. Thank you very much to Janice Stein, and thank you all for listening. If you are a regular listener, please do leave a review on iTunes. It helps other people who are looking for a podcast about foreign policy discover Global Dispatches. All right, we'll see you next time. Thanks so much. Bye.